Welcome to the Measure Success Podcast, where we feature top leaders on how they measure success in their business and life. Now, let's learn from their experiences. Carl J. Cox here, and I'm the host of the Measure Success Podcast, where I talk with top leaders about effective strategies that inspire success. This episode is brought to you by 40 Strategy. 40 Strategy inspires leaders to grow their companies from startup to 40 million beyond by designing world-class strategic plans and help keeping them accountable to actually get it done. To learn more, go to 40strategy.com. We often have shout outs and this shout out goes to Antoni last night. He is a incredible speaker himself and I encourage you to look them up and get more information. But Antoni, thank you so much for doing the recommendation to Varun, who is with us today. Varun is the co-founder of Udly. It's an AI-powered speech coach. And matter of fact, we're using Udly today on this respective podcast. It gives private and judgment-free analytics on your filler words, eye contact, body language, and more. And matter of fact, it's been very eye-opening for me to recognize how poorly I speak. And I apologize for you who've been listening to me for so long. I'm going to get better at it. So prior to this, he was a project manager at Google X, where he worked in projects to bring internet to rural areas using invisible lasers. He also ran special projects for Sergey Brin, one of the founders of Google, at Google. So with that, Varun, welcome to the Measures podcast. Thank you. It is an honor to be here. And I've got to start by apologizing. My goal behind Udly is to provide people speaking insights to make them feel good about themselves, not to break their confidence. So we need to do better. <laughs> That's fantastic. No, I we've talked about this ahead of time that this product is really powerful. I've been blown away. I've used different AI tools and yours is truly one of the best. I love the automatic recording it does of the show. It's, it's tremendous. But in a sincere way, it's helped me truly understand how much better I can be. And when we're talking about doing bad, it's like saying it's only bad 3% of the time. But man, if we could get that down to 1% or 0.5% or point, our, my speech will be so much better and more, so much more effective because we're on the top one and a half of a global podcast despite my voice. And if you notice, folks, I'm pausing a little bit more. It's 100% because of Udly. I'm trying not to do the filler words in between. So with that, tell us more about your company, your product. Go. Yep. It's a pleasure to be here. Story behind Udly is simple. We've all struggled with public speaking and with communication skills. We've been there the night before a presentation, a roundtable discussion, an interview, as we are talking out loud to a mirror, a camera, a stopwatch, a spouse, as we are pacing back and forth, trying to memorize our slides. And it's really frustrating. In fact, we all know people who don't get opportunities they deserve because they don't back themselves while speaking. The introverted kid who designs the slides, but then the loud extrovert goes and does the presentation and gets a good grade. The woman who gets talked over in team meetings, the insecure executive, or the person closest to my heart, the non-native English speaker, an immigrant, someone who didn't learn public speaking growing up and feels stuck because of the way they speak. My dream is, can we build technology to give people private, personalized, actionable, judgment-free feedback on the way they speak? So think of what Grammarly's done to writing with real-time analytics and what Duolingo has done to language learning with bite-sized modules. 
can we take that to speaking to help you get informed of your filler words, eye contact, pacing, body language, tone, pitch, intonation, and then take it one step further and say, hey, Varun, were you really nervous this week? You spoke way faster in your team meeting versus your manager one-on-one, or you interrupted women more than men, or in your last presentation, you didn't make eye contact and kept moving your hands weirdly throughout. Anyhow, that's my long intro, but you get the gist of what we're doing. You have an incredible passion behind behind what you do. What drove you to help create this business? I mean, when did, when did you get the idea of like, I really need to do this? Yep, it's been close to my heart for a while. I grew up in India. I've seen so many people back home struggle to speak with confidence, partly because it's not part of our upbringing. We're so focused on the maths and sciences. Public speaking is not part of our curriculum. And then we might move to a place like you in the US and realize everything, your professional and personal success is dependent on your communication skills. I worked at Google for a little while where it hit me that even the most successful people, the directors and the vice presidents could use some communications coaching help, which is why I took the plunge last year. And here I am. Wow. So let's let's go back a little bit because Google has such an appropriate recognition for what has done over the years in terms of the, you know, it, it's a word, right? You Google things, you know, it, it used to be searching. I'm curious about your experience there. What really stood out of either behaviors or characteristics that helped you become more thoughtful or perhaps a better business person in the way how you're managing things? First off, I don't think I'm a better business person by any means. This is my first rodeo. I'm a first time founder. I spend 50% of each day undoing things that I did the previous day. So definitely don't take my word as gospel. I wasn't at Google proper. I was at Google X, which is a sister company to Google that works on early stage technology. Things like self-driving cars, balloon powered internet, drones, robots, etc. I think the biggest learning at Google X was to dream. X is called the Moonshot Factory. They try and work on projects that will not make a 10% improvement to something, so not the next phone, but something that could radically transform the world by 10x if successful. The if successful piece is really important because nine out of 10 or 99 out of 100 uh, projects fail. But if that one project succeeds, if we can build self-driving cars like Waymo has, we can then reduce driving-related fatalities several hundred percentage points. And that's in some ways my motivation behind Udly. I'm dealing with an extremely hard problem, right? There are no rules for speaking. Speaking is nuanced and authentic and spontaneous. I don't want to build robots. It's something we all do. How do I give people feedback on something that's part of our everyday life? I don't know, but that's my moonshot. And I think moonshot thinking is the biggest thing I learned at Google. So let's talk about that for a minute because so many entrepreneurs, there's a ton of CEOs, entrepreneurs who are listening right now, or perhaps somebody who's in, who's thinking about taking that jump. So that's a big deal, by the way. You left Google X, right? And you decided to do your own moonshot. What gave yourself the personal confidence that you can give this a shot? I could give you a cheesy answer. The honest truth is I've wanted to do this forever. 
I'm in my 20s. I said, shame on me if I spend my 20s playing the corporate game, even though Google's a special place to be. You know, I don't have too many liabilities or things to worry about right now. I'm seeing a lot of my friends become adults. And I said, this is my time. I got to give it a shot. If I fail, I'm going to fail spectacularly. And then maybe I can go knocking back on Google's doors. But it's nothing nearly as profound as what you'd hope, I'd say. No, no. I think that's, I think that's excellent because I think there are people who are those young and, and it's reasonable, right. For somebody to go, go do get the great first job. Right. And, and focus on learning and doing things quote unquote the right way and then jump off. But then you have this real problem, right. That perhaps you've then have a spouse and perhaps you now have children and perhaps you have a dog and uh, and a roof, you know, to cover. And all of a sudden your risk tolerance goes way up and you're saying, you know, you don't have that same list on. So you decided to give it a shot. I think that, by the way, I just applaud any entrepreneur. I don't care what stage you are, whether you're, you're, you're 25 or 95. I think it's awesome. I love this. Is why I love always working with entrepreneurs, people taking risk. Let's, let's go back just again for, for Google X. Cause I'm curious how there's so many smart people that are there. And, and some things I've noticed in time that your 4.0 students are the ones that are least likely to take a risk and fail. Okay. Meaning they're perfect straight A students. They don't want to fail. And so they're unwilling to take the big risk. They want to take the small risk. How do, how do you create an environment where you recognize that, as you said, perhaps 99, 100 of these projects are going to actually fail and not actually come out into the market. It's just going to be an idea. How do you get people to be comfortable to take those type of risks that they might be on two or three or four assignments that don't theoretically, quote unquote, create value? How do you get your mindset on that? It's a really hard problem. Uh, what I saw at X was, so Google X is called X, was they would reward failure. And this was something we'd see both bottoms up as well as top down. So if you fail spectacularly, you build an engine that if would have worked, would have changed humanity, but it didn't work and instead it blew up in the garage, folks would come and give a presentation about how they failed and what they learned in the process. And they would get promoted and they would get applauded by the team. And that was very much the attitude. If you're not regularly failing and iterating, you're doing something wrong because you're not being ambitious enough. One example of how I thought X did it really well was most companies have OKRs, which are objectives and key results, right? By the end of the quarter, I will close X number of deals. And if I do 90% of it, I'll get some promotion or some bonus. At X, they call these things audacious goals, which is every quarter you need to come up with goals that are so absurd that when you look yourself in the mirror, you're like, what am I going to do three months from now? I promise myself I'm going to go to the moon, but I have no idea how to even wear an astronaut's costume right now. But I think when you have this energy around you where you're always shooting for the moon, if you fail, it's obviously not a bad outcome. And I think one of the ways X does that is promotes this moonshot thinking and audacious behavior, but it's also created an environment similar to, um, I would say the early days of Disney or of Xerox or Bell Labs, where they've just got so many smart people all failing together and celebrating their failure. For someone like me, who's a scrub and right out of college, and I would see some PhD scientist who's been doing this for 20 years fail and be celebrated. I'm like, okay, if this guy can mess up, I, I can definitely mess up a little bit more. I love that. I, 
And I appreciate it. You said something important in terms of goal setting for those who aren't familiar with OKRs, our objectives and key results, and then big, hairy, audacious goals, which come straight from good to great. That's sitting behind me. There's this different concept of often OKRs, even though they were intentionally put built back back in Intel, you know, that's actually where they're originally formatted came from. The concept is if you were 70% successful, that was actually wild success because you were actually trying to do. But what has happened has been watered down over time. And success is actually driven based on, no, we're just going to make sure it's like more like a committed goal. Very, very few organizations actually focus on this audacious goal where, as you said, you will probably not hit your audacious goal, but if you quote unquote 70% fail, you have blown out anything that you previously did, right? Because it's so much beyond. I think YouTube, they have a great example of like when they exploded, they weren't looking for just like, 100,000 improvements, they wanted 100 million more views, right? You have to have that type of perspective. But I loved it how they literally rewarded because you said, you just said it, you have a PhD scientist and he failed. And, and what you're telling me is they said, good job. Is that right? Totally. And for someone like me, who's doing this as a first job out of college, that is so empowering to see someone a million times smarter than me fail makes me say, yeah, that gives me the ability to take some risks. And if I mess up, no one's going to laugh at me. So here you are, you're doing this entrepreneurship. I believe you are, you have, we didn't talk too much about this. Are you VC backed? Yep. So we're backed by Madrona. They're one of the early investors in Amazon by Paul Allen's fund, which is called Circano. And we've raised a little over $7 million in our seed round. So first of all, congratulations on that part. So now you have this interesting thing, which you recognize that that's as much equity as it is a liability. You know, people are looking to eventually get results to get something back behind it. So internally, and once again, you don't have to give any proprietary type information, but what type of things are you working on right now that is would be can, quote unquote considered success? Yep. For us, and I think this is the case for most startups in our phase, the two things that matter are acquisition. Are we getting a bunch of people to use the tool and tell other people about the tool? And retention, right? Is this a product that people will use every day? I'll give you a tactical example on the kinds of things that keep me up at night. So we started with Udly as this AI public speaking tool, which is what gets me out of bed. I'm very excited about it. But as we built this, we realized people love the platform, but you know, I have a public speaking engagement once every six months. I have an interview maybe once every two years. The reason this is such a deep-rooted anxiety is because it's a once-in-a-while hair-on-fire event. If I were public speaking every day, my hair can't be on fire every day, which is exciting. And we built a good product for that, or at least I think. But then the question for me is, how do I build a business around something that's such a sporadic event, which is why we've now built Udly as something that integrates into your everyday calls. Right, The same way your Apple Watch will tell you, listen, Carl, it's okay if you go, don't go to the gym. Anytime you're walking, you're actually working out and hear analytics on how you're doing. How do I change the paradigm with speaking such that it's like, Carl, public speaking doesn't need to be this massive event that Steve Jobs does at TED. Anytime you're talking on a Zoom call in your team one-on-one, whatever it might be, you can get analytics on the way you speak and that translates to your overall public speaking. So currently focusing on building Udly in a way that it integrates with every part of your life and it's just part of your daily conversations. You have gotten better at speaking. I can tell this is working on you, by the way, because your actual, 
you stop properly, you're not adding the M's. This is you're you're walking your walk regularly, which I appreciate, Varun, on on what you've built and what you're actually trying to accomplish. So here you go through one or two years. Let's kind of throw out three to five years. What do you think is possible three to five years now in terms of the impact that you may have? Yeah, I'm hoping anytime you're preparing to speak, you're speaking or you're done speaking, Udly can be your buddy by your side, your little speech coach on your shoulder, giving you feedback. And you trust Udly's feedback and it's made you a more aware communicator. Now, one thing to flag is, I don't believe there's a right answer when it comes to speaking, right? I don't want to tell that kid in India, if you talk like Steve Jobs, that's a good thing. Or here's a score, you got four out of five. It defeats the purpose. I'm not the guy who goes to Starbucks and says, my name is Bob. I always say my name is Baron, and then someone will butcher it and then I chuckle about it. But that's very much the ethos I want to convey in our product. You know, if I told the kid in India, hey, good job, you practice on Udly, you got five out of five. And then they went for their McKinsey interview saying, well, Udly told me I got five out of five, I'm going to land this. I think that can be counterproductive. So how do we build this balance whereby people love and use the tool, get valuable insights from it, but use those insights to guide the way they speak every day, as opposed to using it as this source of complete truth. One of the reasons I think I may have mentioned before, and I have actually my upcoming paid professional speaking event in Las Vegas, and, and Tim Tebow is going to be on the stage. Not not at the same time, just to let's clarify that. I'm one of many speakers that are going to be there. I thought they were going to introduce you. Oh, yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for making sure that's clarified. And then anyways, he's carrying Parker Seminars, February 23rd, 24th. Forgive the shameless plug. It just happens to be because what's happening here specifically. But let's... For literally for me, it's helped me understand a little bit more on the speaking side. And just what you said, I literally was paying more attention. I was talking with you ahead of time and I was literally changing the way I was speaking because like, oh my gosh, I'm with Varun and he has this incredible tool. And it tells me after every Zoom call, how well I'm speaking or how much better I can do, you know, how much I could be more improved. And then the impact that it has when you do speak more clearly I have been in situations where I had been around with these professional speakers like a Tim Tebow, for example, and it's quite extraordinary. When you hear really well eloquent professional speakers, it's amazing. But what you're talking about here, though, is it's for everyone else who's just trying to become competent so they can share their story. Because I will say this, authenticity rings so much more true than branding. You know what I'm saying? Totally. To be clear, I don't think speaking without filler words is necessarily good speaking, right? That's not my goal. My goal is to say, hey, Carl, here's how many filler words you use. Here's a typical benchmark as an example. Just be deliberate in the way you speak. That's it. Someone who's an extremely compelling speaker is able to enthrall their audience because they pause effectively and every word that they say seems to be incredibly deliberate. How do we use technology to tell us when we are not being deliberate? It's as simple as that. Right. I love that. Absolutely love that. So let's pop to the personal side for a moment here. That's again, I love you. You already talked about you. You came here because you, you wanted to try something new and meaning to and go to Udily. You know, you, you did this. 
you have to be, okay, let me just ask. And how many hours are you working a week right now? Unfortunately, too many. Partly because I don't know what I'm doing. And so I have to keep trying new things. My running joke is I'll just throw 100 matches and one will light. And then another part, because early stage startups are hard and so much of it is personal at this stage. So I'm working a lot of hours a week. I mean, so if, it, if it's okay, I mean, I got to imagine 80 plus, 100 plus, are you in that stratosphere? I mean, that like type of effort or are you doing beyond that or you're below that? I'm just, it's more out of curiosity. I've never counted. It's probably in that ballpark. Look, I'm working really hard, but it's also incredibly fulfilling. So it doesn't always feel like work, right? Yeah. Right now, this fun podcast with a cool guy I recently met. I don't know if this counts as work. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. But we're going to, once again, be able to share your story. So this is the fun part of the work, if you may. You know, you have the hard part where it's actually the technology side, but I appreciate that. It's it's interesting. Sometimes 40 hours for some can feel like the longest grind in the world, but when you're passionate about something, you don't even recognize it's 10 at night and you're still grinding on something and you're enjoying that process. I will say editing a book that I'm writing is not as fun as you think. That's a second thing. But But moving beyond that, what habits are you doing to keep up that energy? Because that's not easy. It's not easy to continue putting in the effort as passionate as you may be about your concept and topic. You have to hit goals, right? Your investors are expecting results. Your, your clients are expecting results. What type of habits are you doing for yourself to make sure you can continue to deliver on a consistent basis? Yeah, I can give you a random laundry list of things I'm, I do in my daily life. I don't know if they're good or bad. One is I really prioritize sleep. Days I don't sleep, I'm very cranky. I try to get seven hours if possible. I don't always hit it, but I try to optimize my life around that. So at, whatever, at a certain time, my Garmin will start buzzing saying it's time to sleep. And then I start my bedtime schedule. Start every morning by meditating. I try and get a bike ride in. I used to be obsessed with cycling. I still am. But now cycling for me is just exercise so that I can feel good about myself as opposed to doing something large. So maybe 30 minutes to an hour, talk to my parents every day. They're back home in India. I'm very close to them. It's extremely grounding. And, you know, no matter how the day goes, my mom will put me in my place and ask me the same question. Like, did I skip my breakfast? Did I make a nice smoothie for breakfast? And that's really helpful. So I think it's the same thing anyone would tell you. Sleep, family, exercise. That's basically it. But you're doing it. It sounds like you're consistently doing this, which is which is the most important part. I'm trying to. So I just finished Atomic Habits, which talks about habit stacking and chaining habits together as an example. So my routine is when I'm on my bike ride, I listen to an audiobook. When I'm driving into work, I'll talk to my family, especially given the time difference that works. So I'm trying to have these little hacks in my daily life. When it's time for bed, my alarm will ring to try and optimize my day to ensure I don't mess mess up my habits. Which one of those habits that you do has the biggest impact on you? Like if you miss it, 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 it takes you off the rails more than anything else. Sleep. Yeah. And there's so much research around this as well. A fun one. I forgot. There's this very famous sleep that talk. I forgot the guy's name is they conducted a study where they looked at after daylight savings changed the number of people reporting mental health illnesses on the day after as compared to the day where you get an extra hour of sleep is very high. If my sleep is off, no matter what, I'm going to be cranky. I'm going to be tough to be around. 
I won't be good enough at dealing with that day's face punch. And that's the biggest thing I try to prioritize. If I need a compromise between sleep and exercise, I'll always choose sleep. Good. That's wise. I think that is good wisdom. Okay. Next part of, of from personal life perspective, are you, you seem to, you kind of keep track. Are you keeping track of these things? You know, these little habits that you do, like, are you, is there some way where you're like recording, Hey, this week I slept six out of seven days. I slept seven hours. Are you doing something of that nature? Yeah. I mean, look, I'm building Udly, which is essentially wearable tech. So I'm all about quick tech hacks to optimize my life. So I have my tile attached to my keys. I use my aura ring. I have my Garmin when I'm tracking my speed distance, et cetera. I've got my Nutri-Bullet through which I make my smoothies. So yes. And then I journal every evening. Love it. You are absolutely all in. I love it. So hopefully you all are listening. You know, what are top performing people who are doing extraordinary things? They pay attention to their body. They pay attention to their exercise. They pay attention to the relationships. You know, that's, that's all important part. So your company, how many people is, do you have an office where you're meeting together? Is it all virtual workers? What are you doing to help create camaraderie and culture at work. Yep. Also to be clear, I by no means think I'm top performing. You should see me like with the next face punch every day. So I don't know if these habits work or not. Team is still under 10 people. We are at the Alinea Institute, which is in Seattle. I'm a big fan of the in-person culture. I don't know how teams do it remotely. We're trying to do more remote stuff, but at our stage, it's just not working. So we're all in the office. We're like family. In fact, we've got our holiday potluck coming up right after this. Yeah. And we're team with folks across the board. So folks who've dropped out of college, which gets me really excited, but also petrified because I really don't want to let them down all the way to a few senior folks who've left big tech places like Google and Facebook to join us. And they're the adults in the room who are helping us not take too many shortcuts as we do this. That's good. That's good. So... If I may ask the question, because I always love to ask the question, once you go measure success in your business, how, how are you measuring success in your personal life? It's a really good question. I don't know if I have a good enough answer, but one part of what I do regularly is just read my journal and am I proud of the person I'm becoming? And there are days, honestly, through startup life where I'm not, because it's so easy to lose the forest from the trees, to get caught up in the fundraise and every day's new deployment bug. But I think when I look back at my journal where I'm just my most vulnerable, true version of myself, and I'm like, hey, I struggled with this fight with my friend a week ago, and we had the same version of the fight today, and I was just kinder. I think that's when I feel good about myself but I'm definitely not doing a good job or a good enough job. Well, I, 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 one of the things, Vern, if you haven't noticed, if those are listening, you are a extraordinarily humble person. And I appreciate that. I'm sure those who are working around you are, because obviously you could not have gotten your position and been able to raise money from different founders if they didn't believe in you. And so I just want to say thank you for what you've done and, and your leadership style. You have a very servant-based leadership style, which you don't always run into in the VC world. So anyways, I sense that you are that type of person and, and I'm excited to see you continuing to grow Udly because I think the product, as I said, is fantastic. We're users of it. 
And I love to share it with our clients when we have the data and the information. We, we reuse it on a regular basis and share. And it's inspiring and provides wonderful information, not just the recording of how well we're speaking, but actually the quality of communicating of how much somebody is speaking and how, how well are we paying attention to. And anyways, I just, I think it's making a wonderful difference. Carl, is so, this where I can make my shameless plug? Yeah, please. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, look, the dream with Udly is how do we help millions of people speak with confidence? Toastmasters International just rolled this out with about 300,000 people across the world. The product is free. Give it a spin. It's not perfect. Help us improve it. It's at www.udly.ai. It integrates with your calendar, with Zoom. If you've got an upcoming speaking engagement, if you have a former speaking engagement, you can upload it to the system. And hopefully you will find some cool and not too cringeworthy insights about your speaking that help you improve. It is a truly great product. And congratulations once again to the Toastmasters launch. And you that from this recording, this is for those who are wondering, because we do the recordings a few weeks in advance. This is what, so December 8th is when you launched, is that right? With Toastmasters? Yeah. Yeah. That's super excited. Congratulations on that huge milestone. That's a really big deal in terms of expanding the product awareness and people being able to use the product on a regular basis. I think that's amazing. We skipped over what is a book that really impacted you that you'd recommend for our audience? That's a good one. A little bit of backstory. So one of the things to know about me is I'm obsessed with traveling and adventure. And unfortunately, the life I've live, I'm living right now has put that on hold. So I was living in sub-Saharan Africa before this. I've traveled through Europe a bunch. I did the digital nomad thing for a few years. Shantaram always spoke to me. It's a book about expo- exploration and adventure and about falling in love and failing in love and building relationships and struggling through relationships. And it's just beautiful. When you read the book, I think especially if you're looking to travel and go on your next adventure, it brings out a lot of emotions to say the least, but it's also extremely long. I don't know if Shantaram's the kind of audiobook you want to listen to on the way to work. This is one that you read at a coffee shop over three weeks. Perfect. Well, that's a great recommendation. And I appreciate the insight. I mean, it's deep, you know, you're talking, this is not one of these things It's a small thing. It's a big thing. And it sounds like it really had an impact on your life. So great, great share on that. Any other places where people can find and learn more about you specifically or you, Lee, or just recommend go to the website? Where's the best ways to connect? Yep. Go to the website, udli.ai. Follow us on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Unfortunately, our social media game is not great yet. Maybe it will be one day, but the biggest thing folks can do is use the product and fall in love with it and tell their friends about it. And if you think it sucks, reach out to us through the feedback form and let us know why. And he really means this, by the way, literally before the podcast, he was asking me, and we probably spent the first five minutes, how do you like the product? You were like very sincere. How do you like the product? What can we do better? I love it. You know, that is the type of insights and the care for your clients that you have to help make the best product in the world behind what you're doing. So Varun, thank you so much for being a guest on the Measure Success podcast. It is such an honor to be here and big thank you. Absolutely. And to everyone else who's listening, I really hope you've enjoyed this podcast. We've been really blessed with incredible people and talent that we had on a regular basis. We get to be rated because of you and because of the listeners. So please go out, rate us on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever. Please go out, rate us, and we encourage us so we can continue to have the great guests that we have on a regular basis. So with that, I want to thank you to everyone. 
Thank you, Varun. And, and thank you, everyone else. Wishing you the best at measuring your success. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Measure Success Podcast. We'll see you again next time to learn from the best. Remember to subscribe now to get future episodes. Thank you.